It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. The hits just keep on hitting. We had another uh, great day yesterday. If you uh, were uh, not for um, the Democrats stealing elections in ad finitum, uh, yeah, the filibuster, uh, the attempt to kill the filibuster uh, went bye-bye, went night-night yesterday, thankfully. And I, and I mentioned this this morning, uh, and I put this on uh, social media. I said uh, that uh, to Kristen Sedema and Joe Manchin, and normally we are, <clears throat> at least I am one not to trust Joe Manchin, because a lot of the times he, when it comes to budgetary things, when it comes to spending bills, he always carves out a little for him. And his wife and his and his state, but I think that the the yelling from his constituents saying don't vote for getting rid of the filibuster and do not vote in this HR one vote steal, which they call you know the John Lewis Voting Act, and they changed it you know a bunch of different ways. I think if they bring it back, they're going to call it if you don't. They're just going to call it a bill number. If you don't vote for this, Republicans are going to kill puppies. You know, it's got to be something like that, uh, because honestly, they've done everything they can to cover up the intent of this, which is changing voting laws to favor Democrats forever. That's what it's really all about. And one of the reasons why is because they saw what they did with the voting laws in different states in the 2020 election, and they were able to steal that that one. Yes, I said steal that one. And now they see, after a million people went to Washington, D.C. to protest that election, and of course it was infiltrated by a lot of bad actors and made to go away, and people were told you couldn't think that maybe there was some chicanery with the election. And uh, the fire's not going out, and 2022 is coming up, and the Democrat Party realizes they are going to get kicked to the curb. They also realize, and if you notice the last few days with regard to the Democrat um, agenda, it's doing a face plant. Why is that? It must be the messaging, right? Yeah, it must be uh, Kamala Harris. Just, she needs an imaging director because, you know, that's the only thing. I mean, honestly, this is really, this is a delicious uh, chocolate sundae. And uh, people are perceiving it as a pile of dog, you know. Uh, maybe Joe Biden needs to go out more often and he needs to meet people more often and rub elbows and sniff hair. You know, maybe that's the... No, no, no. Uh, Joe Biden, um, I don't know if he's chosen voluntarily, but he has been uh, moved to the uh, dramatically to the left. And even Joe Scarborough yesterday said he has blown it. Nobody voted for this crap. That's why he is uh, he's tanking. He's absolutely tanking. And I've got a bunch of different polls to share how bad it's gotten. I want to get into the Biden presser yesterday, which depending on who you watched, Van Jones or James Carville, uh, was a great oratory or a foggy old man at the end of his uh, line. I'm going to have to go with the second one on that one because I don't see any evidence of the other one. Uh, somebody told me, you know, actually, I saw, I thought he looked pretty good. He was able to stand there for an hour and 15 minutes and answer questions. And then I got to thinking about the, uh, you know, 70-year-old uh, people, uh, women who work at, uh, at the cash register at uh, Sam's Club. And, and they stand there for eight hours and they talk to hundreds of people. And uh, then they go home and they're fine. And, they're, you know, it's a, it's a, Joe Biden was able to stand yesterday for an hour and 50 minutes. 
and and ramble a little bit and say some nonsensical crap and say that uh, you know Putin could do a little bit of war but not a whole lot of war. We'll get into that. You know, it's a minor incursion. He says that a minor incursion by the by the Russians into Ukraine. And by the way, hundred thousand troops amassed on the border, uh, billions of dollars in military hardware, ammunition, uh, all of the uh, the things needed for an invasion by an army of a hundred thousand people. Why do you think it's there? <laughs> you know, why, why do you think it's there? But Biden says it is a minor incursion. And I was thinking about all the minor incursions in the world that have resulted in disaster. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts at 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. For instance, a minor incursion would be, uh, you know, Anthony Fauci investing in game of function research at a laboratory in uh, in China, and it accidentally did a little bit of it getting sneaked out. A little bit of it just kind of, oh, uh-oh, sorry, a little bit of that came out. Eight million deaths later, apparently, 800,000 deaths later in the United States. Uh, maybe not such a minor thing. Maybe not just a little thing that, uh, you know, we just take 15 days to kind of uh, uh, wait out, you know. A lot of little minor incursions, a lot of things really minor that ended up being really major. <clears throat> kind of like when a condom breaks, I guess. Okay, that's a very bad analogy. But you know what I'm saying. So we'll get to uh, all of that yesterday. Um, and I, I just loved listening to the mournful tones of Kamala Harris admitting that the filibuster defeat, the attempt to destroy the filibuster because Democrats are in charge by the slimmest of margins, went down in flames. On this vote, the yeas are 49, the nays are 51. Three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn, not having voted in the affirmative. The motion is not agreed. Blahahaha. Actually, blahahaha. That's the uh, expression I'm going to use. Blahahaha. That's what I put on my posts when things like this happen. Blahahaha. Because, honestly, uh, we are very fortunate. We're fortunate that this, this didn't go through. We are fortunate that two senators literally had the uh, the cojones and also just the clarity of thought. I want you to listen to this. Is this is Joe Manchin? And I've never been a fan of his. I'm still not saying that I'm you know down with him 100. percent I'm just thankful they towed the line on this one. Joe Manchin and Krista Cinema, they they took a lot of heat. Hundreds of ads targeting them on Facebook. Which, by the way, if you tried to target a Democrat senator on Facebook, uh, they'd take you down. They'd say uh, not available for boosting. Mm, that's what they tell you. They endured this. They endured being uh, Kristen Cinema being chased into uh, bathrooms, uh, chased around uh, uh, airports. Uh, not only about this, but also the idiotic uh, Build Back Better plan. But here is uh, here is a very clear-minded, I think, Joe Manchin talking about why he's never changed his mind on the filibuster. I, I just only thing I've been very clear about that. I, I just don't know how you break a rule to make a rule, and thinking you're doing something is going to. We've never done this. We have never done. I've looked. I've been looking for every precedent I can, every car about. The bottom line is everything that we've done. I've been. They've told me about uh, the Democrats will do anything to win, anything to win, even something like this that they have defended and used until literally weeks ago. Well, the the, uh, the debt ceiling that was done by the rules. That was done by the rules. Okay, and that was. Uh, uh, done with uh, Majority Leader Schumer and, and Minority Leader uh, McConnell. Coming. And McConnell, of course, you know, bending over for uh, taking one for the team. It's an agreement. That's what it's all. He's known to do that, actually, without a bottle of wine or dinner. About. So we've done everything along the lines of with the rules. 
And I, don't I mean, if I want the GOP to put out, I mean, they'd better really put out if they're going to, you know, do what the Democrats say. Why we can't come together and find a pathway forward. But breaking the rules, there's no checks and balances in this pro- process. Only for the only thing we have is a filibuster. And they think if you have a situation we have right now. They want to get as much done before they completely lose everything in November. And they know they've overplayed their hand. And the class of 1968, their moist dream is hanging in the balance. And it looks like uh, they're starting to wake up. Well, you have the executive branch of government and you have Congress, the House and the Senate. They're all the same. And there's no check and balance because basically you just sweep right through and the same thing could happen if Republicans had everything. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? Really? They're all the same. And there's no check and balance because basically you just sweep right through and the same thing could happen if Republicans had everything. And I just, the only thing I've ever said was this. Um, the majority of my, of my colleagues in the caucus, Democrat caucus, they've changed. They changed their mind. They changed their mind because they want the expediency because they know they're going to get their uh, they're going to get kicked to the curb in November. I respect that. You have a right to change your mind. I haven't. Yeah, they really haven't changed their mind. Um, it wasn't a matter of changing their mind. It was doing what they had to do to corrupt elections forever. It wasn't changing your mind. It was finding a tool. That's what it was. This is a new poll, by the way, and this shows how uh, intellectually and morally bankrupt the Democrat Party is. And I've been saying this even when I wasn't a talk show host, even when I was a music jock, everybody at WRKX, Mix 107.3, Washington, D.C., everybody. Uh, Even when I was doing that and then uh, filling down the hall at WMAL, I said that the Democrats were intellectually and morally bankrupt because uh, what they do is when they lose an argument, they yell racist or they yell white supremacist or homophobe or xenophobe or whatever the hell it is. I never call them names. I just call them liberal. Occasionally call them names. It depends on who I'm talking about. Uh, 80% of voters favor requiring voters to show an ID before casting a ballot. A new Scott Rasmussen National Survey found that 85% also favor a requirement for states to clean voter rolls by removing people who have died or moved from the voter registration list. You know why? Because it freaking makes sense. It's called common sense, kids, and unfortunately for uh, Democrats anyway, not common anymore common nonsense. Nonsense is common in the Democrat Party. 76% favor requiring all ballots to be received by election day. Well, imagine that. Instead of stuffing ballot boxes overnight, uh, Zucker boxes overnight, after you've stopped the vote counting because Joe Biden is not winning, and then you stuff them with millions and millions of ballots at these, uh, these unmonitored boxes, and they bring them in and count them the next morning. Yeah, most Americans think there's something wrong with that. Even like, uh, you know, decent Democrats who aren't willing to win by stealing elections. As far as photo ID requires, 91% of Republicans, 77% of Democrats, 75% of independents. So the attempt to defeat the filibuster and pass H.R. 1, which is a vote steal that goes on into infinity, everybody knows it, everybody knows it. And I want you to think about all the, all of the currency that the Democrat Party has placed into defeating this. Joe Biden delivered a divisive speech in Atlanta. I'll share that. We have been called Jim Crow 2.0. The the voting bills in different states, which are there to make sure everybody who votes their vote counts and that the steal ends. That's what it's all about. It's not not about keeping black or brown people from voting. It never has been. And honestly, honestly, I'm just so freaking tired 
of somebody saying that because I want my vote to count and not be stolen by somebody who stuffed a ballot box and every one of those stupid ballots stuffed in the day after negates somebody's vote. So I'm getting sick and damn tired of being told every time I disagree with a Democrat uh, philosophy or platform that I somehow hate black and brown people. Honestly, it's wearing freaking thin. It is beyond thin. You can see through it completely. I can stick my finger through it like, you know, a bread wrapper. I'm tired of it. I was raised as a late-stage Generation Xer. We were the first group of people who grew up colorblind. We had no problem with it. We watched Schoolhouse Rock. We watched Sesame Street. <clears throat> we had black friends. We, we didn't care. Kirk and O'Hara had kissed a decade before. We didn't care. And then some people are trying to take us back to 1968 and 1863. And they're doing it because they need to create some sort of crisis. You've got a generation of snowflakes. Uh, starting with millennials and going to Gen Z, who have never had a racial uprising. They are, well, they've had uprisings. They've seen riots all over the place, but they've never seen what Martin Luther King did. They've never had to deal with that sort of institutional racism before. They haven't had a war, by and large. And they're told every day, black students are told that institutional racism is everywhere, and white students are told to hate themselves. And honestly, they needed to create some sort of race crisis, some sort of something to make the current younger generation feel relevant. And what it does to the rest of us is it whizzes on what we have done, what we have experienced, while you're searching for your current victimhood. Grow up. Put some big boy underwear on, some big girl panties, or whatever the hell you decide you want to wear, but grow the F up and realize it's not 1863, and we're tired of being called racist, and we're tired of being told that we want black and brown people to not be able to vote. Or, or as Elizabeth Warren, uh, indigenous people on reservations and college students, we want them not to vote. Well, what about you getting 10 million, you know, 20 million people across the southern border illegally? To vote Democrat. What about that? Didn't hear that yesterday from Lizzie. Didn't hear from Lizzie. But the filibuster, the attempt to destroy the filibuster, it, uh, it ended yesterday. And so did H.R. 1, at least for now, the Democrats steal. And we all know what that means. According to the mainstream media, it's the end of democracy. If the Democrats fail... It might be the end of American democracy. I think we're one election away from the end of American democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a representative republic, by the way. See, if they take over in 2022, that is the end of democracy, and we're going to have authoritarianism. Oh, yeah, I hope that. that we can flip there's this. That. If, 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 so yesterday, if H.R. 1 didn't pass, if the filibuster defeating the filibuster didn't pass, if Donald Trump becomes the president, uh, if they lose in 2022, all of those will be the end of democracy. And save democracy if we can't. I got to, you know, I got to believe that fascism will take over in America, and that will be the death of democracy. The potential death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy as we know it. And this protest. I think he said the death of democracy. Now is not simply about the death of George Floyd. It's about the death of American democracy, decency, and humanity. I'm sad to say that it also can lead to the uh, the diminishment of democracy, if not its death. I, I would call this hyperbole. It almost feels like we are witnessing the, the death of democracy here. The death of democracy line stood out to me. I guess democracy has been dying for quite a while. And Jonathan, because I think that's just factually correct. According to the Democrats. Correct. Kind of the end of democracy. At least the end of our democracy. The 
return of Donald Trump to the White House could spell the end of democracy in America. We could have a Trump presidency, and that would, in my opinion, be the end of democracy. The end of democracy. Everything's the end of democracy. Yesterday was the end of democracy. It ended yesterday, so don't even bother with 2022. Don't even bother with Donald Trump being in the White House again. Democracy's already dead. <clears throat> it was killed yesterday by Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have one thing to say to Democrats who are upset about it. <laughs> nice try. Hey, it's Rob Carson for Stamps.com. You know, my days are structured with uh, doing my show prep, my show, running on my daughter, to driving lessons, hitting the store, the gym, and right in the middle of all of this, I suddenly need to deliver a package to the post office. I don't have time for this. If there's one thing I've learned from the past year and a half, it's you can get a lot done from home. And with Stamps.com, I don't have to go to the post office. And I'll save money. Yeah, I'll save money. With Stamps.com, you can mail or ship anytime from your home computer, send letters, uh, ship packages, pay less, a lot less with discounted rates from UPS or the USPS. With Stamps.com, you can print official U.S. postage shipping labels without leaving your home or your, your, your office. And you won't need fancy equipment, just a computer and your standard printer. What makes it even better is Stamps.com offers deals you can't get anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. Stop wasting time running to the post office and standing in line and go to Stamps.com like I have. There's no risk, and with my promo code, Newsmax, you get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Newsmax. That's stamps.com, promo code Newsmax, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. <laughs> Dick in Annapolis, Maryland, which I miss greatly. I would love to get back to uh, Annapolis. Fire today. You're oh, thank you. Today is, you are repeating what I've been telling my wife every night. The frustration is fantastic, and I agree most of your points. All okay. of them. <laughs> and I got one question that you might be able to answer. It would yes. be fantastic to remind people of just how many votes were taken out of the boxes and yes. dragged in without a proper legal chain of custody as laid out in the state laws. I remember hearing about it in Georgia. I think I heard about it in Arizona and Michigan. But I bet you, yeah. you know a whole lot more. Thanks well, the, you bet, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you think I'm on fuego today. <clears throat> oh, I'm, just well. in a real, I'm just feeling good, man. I'm just feeling, I'm doing, I'm doing radio for a living, and I, I've been up since I was very early, and I am so wound up on caffeine. Uh, no, there's a lot of different um, places where this happened, and I've talked to, for instance, uh, 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 Doug Mastriano, who is running for governor in the state of uh, Pennsylvania. I'm going to have him on next week. <clears throat> he talked about how. In Philadelphia alone, they stopped voting in the state of Pennsylvania and five other battleground states. They stopped at the same time. One place, it was Georgia, said that it was because of a water main break. There was no such thing. It was all a gigantic bleeping lie. And the next morning, gigantic amounts of votes came in for Joe Biden, and very few came in for Donald Trump. As many as about a half a million votes for Joe Biden in Philadelphia and 3,000 for Donald Trump, okay? Now, it my is father would have very... told us, Rob, that they should have all been taken away and thrown away. 
I'm telling you, the entire voting block if necessary. Here's and here's what I say. I'm just so I'm just tired of it. I'm sick and damn tired of it. I'm tired of people telling me that what I say is disinformation and misinformation. I'm tired of, for instance, on November fourth, I woke up and I went to my Facebook page that had hundreds of thousands of followers, and Facebook made it go away. November the fourth, the day after the election, they knew that I was going to go there. The Zuckerbucks, a half a billion dollars in Zuckerbucks went to battleground states where they sent out hundreds and hundreds, as many as five hundred in Wisconsin of these blind box ballot drop boxes unmonitored. It was obvious what happened. And to those who would say that I'm a, somehow a conspiracy theorist, you tell me, prove that the election was stolen. I say to anyone worth their salt in journalism, you prove that it didn't happen. You prove that it didn't happen. And Dick, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just, it's time for us to say, you know what? We're tired of being called a racist. We're tired of being called conspiracy theorists when we're right all the time. You know, Josh um, Kane fought this battle. They've been shutting us up forever. So yeah, I'm with just, you, buddy. Thank you. All right, bro. Have a good one. Have a good one. Oh, by the way, we just got this in. This is from, I'm not sure who this is from, but apparently the Biden administration has reached, you know, they've had uh, record low approval ratings. Uh, they have a new um, barometer of uh, presidency. He has reached critical suck. The Biden administration has reached critical suck. I mean, it started off sucking then it began to really suck and then i mean super suck now they are on critical suck is what the biden administration is uh, is dealing with right now critical suck is what it is so yesterday um and by the way most americans or a good deal of americans do not believe that by joe biden is capable of uh, running the country by the way 51 percent believe that the president of the united states is not capable of leading the country and that led to a uh, a brave question by a newly hired by the way newly hired james rosen on the newsmax crew he's a pretty awesome dude and and with great reverence he walked up to the emperor and he said emperor i know that you have a fine clothier and you've been doing he's been doing a great job for for many many years but i just want to tell you right now uh, the outfit you're wearing doesn't exist. You're standing there completely naked. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, so the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? That's what he asked yesterday. It was a really difficult question, but it was a question that we have had to have asked for a very long time. For a very long time, because America needs to know. And, and we can sit here and we can go, you know, look at his pressers and we can look at his whatever. And his, he goes, beep, 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 and he can't talk and he can't this and he can't that. And he says nonsensical things. And, and we can laugh about it. But yesterday, James Rosen had the cojones to ask the president that question. But here is what Joe Biden said about uh, what could happen in the Ukraine and how the United States would respond very sharply if there was a big incursion, but not if there was just a little one. You know, a little incursion. 
Here is what the president had to say. Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one it could be a strongly worded letter coming, people. Don't mess with them. And if all else fails, they'll send Tony Blinken over there. One thing, if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further engage you. Well, I, you know, um, you gotta, you got to make me uh, believe that you can actually do something, uh, that you, you have the cojones to do it, because I really don't think you do. I think the only way you'd involve yourself in a minor incursion is if you felt you, it, would, it would benefit you because you've reached critical suck as far as your administration is concerned and, and regarding everything. Oh, by the way, the uh, president of uh, the Ukraine, where is this? I just, I did, I just had this quote. President of Ukraine not too happy with Joe Biden saying that, uh, you know, listen, it's, isn't it funny? Joe Biden is talking about another country, all right? And he says that, and, and as the president of Ukraine, uh, President Zelensky, who, whose brother, by the way, owned um, an auto parts facility in, uh, I, I believe it was in Michigan, uh, Zelensky Auto Parts. But anyway, President Zelensky, he said basically any <laughs> incursion into Ukraine is an invasion. Uh, okay, I mean, I mean, I know that you know, you're, I guess you're speaking for me because you know you're, for some odd reason you're you're you're. I'm looking right now at a hundred thousand troops in Russia that could just blow in here like make Bleach Creek look like uh, a walk in the park. And uh, Joe Biden's over here saying a minor incursion is fine. <laughs> can you can you imagine as the you know it's like it's a, you're a store owner. And somebody busts and only steals a third of your stuff. And you, it's just a minor incursion. It's no big deal. Those are happening all over the country, by the way. What is another analogy? I'm trying to think of another analogy of uh, a minor incursion that would be uh, considered no big deal. You know, Lexington and Concord, the uh, the battles of Lexington and Concord were minor incursions. But look what they have. And it was a positive thing, by the way. It was a very positive thing. It, it started the United States of America. But there were a lot of minor things that ended up causing very big things uh, as far as world history is concerned. Uh, here is uh, Senator Rand Paul talking about Joe Biden flippantly referring to uh, a limited invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces. <laughs> wow, that's just so fantastic. Uh, he was on Newsmax National Report. Uh, Rand Paul talking about the uh, minor incursion. Did you read that as a green light to Vladimir Putin from this president, that a minor incursion is acceptable? I think it's a mistake to telegraph every action you would do to your adversaries in advance because it might encourage actions that you don't want. So it was a huge mistake. I think it shows that President Biden may not be uh, capable of doing spontaneous or extemporaneous speaking. So I think he's still able to read notes and it might be fine for him to read from, uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. you know, prepared remarks. But I think it's a big mistake for him to speak extemporaneously. It may well be dangerous for our country and dangerous for the world. Oh, I think I think it's very dangerous for the world. <laughs> I think it's incredibly dangerous for the world when you tell uh, one of the world's bad actors. I mean, literally, this guy poisons people with uh, radioactive isotopes in their tea. I, he, he's not he's not a good guy. And, you know, the funny thing is you gave him a pipeline so he can he can now uh, fund all of this. It is just quite simply remarkable. Just quite simply remarkable. Here is Dana Bash 
on CNN, who normally, not the brightest bulb, uh, she says that uh, Biden's um, incursion comment uh, might need a little, uh, they might have to do a little bit of uh, cleanup in the media. We're already seeing the cleanup. I'm already seeing in my text exchanges with people around uh, the president clean up on Isle State Department. Yeah, I'm not sure what was left on the uh, State Department floor there, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch it. I would call somebody in to clean that up. On right now. I need some pink sawdust for that. Uh, one text I got was, well, what he was probably referring to was if the incursion was non-military, if it was cyber, then there would be a different result. Ah, that's it. Okay, if it was cyber, you know, like that attack on the uh, Colonial Pipeline. <laughs> that was a minor incursion, I think. Response than an actual uh, Isn't it funny we never figured out who did that? That's just kind of funny. Traditional military incursion. It, 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 it doesn't matter because it is going to have to be cleaned up. It is probably being cleaned up in diplomatic channels as we speak. You know, because you don't want this to get bigger. You know, like when you're a kid and you're in uh, the lunchroom and you're in the first or second grade and one kid throws up and the other kid gets a whiff of the, the throw up and then they throw up and then you got a chain throw up. You know, we might end up with the chain incursions all over the, you know, all over the place. Uh, to the region, especially Ukraine, uh, and it is going to probably be done. I still do that when I clean up dog stuff. I guess publicly uh, soon as well. But you're, But what you said about... Joe Biden, the foreign relations chair, Joe Biden, the senator, who would just sit and, and talk, and you know this. Spout off and not accomplish anything for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. And all of us. Uh, and just pontificate and... Bloviate and, uh, you know... Ruminate about what's going on in the world. Occasionally follow an intern into an elevator. That is, at that point... Fornicate. The ...man that we saw. But when a region and one of the country's biggest foes is potentially on the brink of war yeah, and it yeah. is his job as commander-in-chief to stop that that wasn't the answer uh yeah to president Zelensky, every incursion is a major incursion when it involves uh russia and their military don't you think it's kind of a perspective thing think about this he did give vladimir putin the green light to do something the green light to do something you don't say, well, you know, they could do a minor. In it depends on if it's a, there's got to be a, a freaking line. There's got to be a line where we will not stand for any sort of untoward action against the Ukraine, whether it be military or not. Leave Ukraine alone. That's it. You don't say, you know, listen, full scale invasion. We, you know, we work with NATO, so anything's possible. Uh, you know, strongly worded letter, visit from Tony Blinken, I don't know, something like that. Maybe we'll boycott the Olympics the next time they're in Russia, whatever. You know, we'll figure out something. No, you draw a line in the sand. And you don't let them cross it like, uh, like uh, Barack Obama did with uh, Syria. You, know, you draw the line and you say, no, nah, no. That's strong leadership, kids. And isn't it amazing? Sometimes... Amazing things can be done just with leadership. We mentioned earlier that Joe Biden imagined that uh, maybe uh, Vladimir Putin experienced an enormous heartbreak when the Berlin Wall fell. Well, the Berlin Wall fell because of the tough stance and the credibility of a threat from Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher. 
It wasn't necessarily a uh, a violent threat. It wasn't say we uh, there's going to be an immediate attack. It was we know you're a paper tiger. You also had Pope JP, like Waleza, among their other people who precipitated the fall of the Berlin Wall. I wonder maybe Joe should send him some flowers on the anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, just send him a little something, some chocolates or something, you know, a bottle of Stolichnaya, whatever. Uh, here's CNN. Uh, the president of the United States essentially said if Russia takes a bite of the cookie in Ukraine, NATO will probably be divided. We'll have a hard time with what to do. It's like an international military version of you bringing a dozen donuts to work and somebody in, coming in and just taking a bite out of every one of them. He tried to clean it up later in the press conference, but not with clarity. Not with clarity. And again, he doesn't do anything with clarity. If the question is, you know, would the president speak clearly on the big things he did on the domestic agenda? He's willing to cut up break into pieces his domestic agenda. I think that answer on Russia is going to cause the administration grief. Oh, I think so, too. Here is uh, Jake Tapper and guest discussing. Matthew, was Biden's, were Biden's remarks interpreted there as a less than wholehearted uh, warning to Putin to not invade? Uh, was it a warning? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's uh, an understatement. I mean, they... They watch those remarks. This is Matthew Chance, by the way. He's the senior international correspondent. I think, I think with horror, uh, one uh, Ukrainian official who I've been in close contact with while this marathon press conference is underway said that he was, you know, I'm quoting here, shocked uh, that President Biden would give a green light to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, you know, you say that to Hitler. It's just, uh, you know, hey, you know, it's just a minor incursion into Poland or France, you know. There was a lot of that thinking uh, sometime back. Wow, just wow, just wow. Oh, here's Van Jones. He says that Joe Biden was uh, a little fuzzy uh, and a little bit foggy. The reason that answer stood out so much is because some of the other answers were kind of foggy and meandering. I think you have to be honest that you can be a, a foggy, meandering a president, say like Reagan near the end, if you're winning. But if you're foggy and meandering on key questions and you're also not winning, uh, then you've got a real problem. And so I think the real challenge that, that you have is the numbers are out there that are bad, but this party has got to come together and start putting some wins on the board for this president. Uh, they, they, they either got to start, they're going to either hang together or they're going to hang separately in the fall. Well, they can't put wins on the board when they're ruling against the American people. That's the, uh, that's the big thing there. You cannot put points on the board if you are doing everything the American people don't want you to do. All right, and there are a number of ways I could I could tell you that. Uh, this is from NBC. Six in ten Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. You got to pivot on the economy. Okay, his overall job approval rating stands at forty three percent approval, fifty four disagree. Unchanged in essence from October's survey. Uh, and what is beneath Biden's approval rating is uh, is something even worse. Did you realize fifteen percent of America strongly approve on his job performance? 43% strongly disapprove. 5% believe his presidency has been better than expected. These are all things that underlie the fact that the man is failing because he's ruling against the will of the American people. Nobody voted for the crap he's trying to get away with. Biden declined among independents from 68% to 36%. Blacks, 83 to 64 approval rating. 18 to 34, 56 to 40. Latinos, 59 to 48. And women, 61 to 51. At this point, unless there's a wholesale overhaul and move to the right, the guy's done. 
Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.